Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I think for us, just continuing to build. You know, obviously with the preseason we had, we wanted to make that a little bit of an urgency. And I think now, like, we're really sticking with it, really making it a point to keep teams, you know, in, in the 20s and in, in quarters. And I don't know how many points they scored tonight. I think we held them under 100. And I think that's been, it's been the theme. We just got to keep doing it. Donovan Mitchell talking about the defense night and day since the preseason. Number one defensive team in the league. Back at it tonight against the Kings team. It's only scored 100 points twice. They are 0-5. I think they're going to be a little desperate at home, PK. I mean, at home, you get some wins. No, I think they got to tank and start playing for the picks. Sacramento, by the way, hasn't held an opponent under 100 points yet. So offensively, I would think, with all their weapons, another another big night for triple bogey. Yeah, uh, very possible. I don't think I've ever seen a team come this far from the preseason to the regular season. (laughs) Let's list all the great ones. No, that would be list radio. Don't do that. (laughs) I mean, from where they were in the preseason, this is this is better than the Nationals at twelve games under five hundred. It's almost the same thing. But you're right, the Nationals. Who were they tied with that they finished forty five games better than? I saw that story. Now I forgot what team it was. There was another team that was off to a horrible start too, and that team just kept going in Probably the Probably Miami. Yeah, that team kept going in the same tank, division. And the Nationals turned it on. I don't know. I'll look for it in the break, I'll let you know. Yeah. But it was it was just an example of, you know, you can start off poorly because you're a horrible team, or you can turn around and win it all. And at 19 and 31, they were tied with somebody who really ended up stinking it up. So I think the Jazz, from where they were in the preseason, I mean, right now, Snyder's your coach of the year. <laughs> from what he's done from the preseason to now, this has been unbelievable. And if you look at the standings right now in the West, who's sitting up there number one? We are. <laughs> Five games in, baby. We are. Because you're out there <laughs> running running lines with guys. Locke says we. He's not running lines. I know. I don't think that's right. But he doesn't care what I think either. So if he says it, why can't I? I mean, honestly, if you're not sweating through those practice sessions with him, I don't know that you're part of the team. Yeah, but so many fans sweat emotionally with him. That's true. They spend a lot of time and a lot of money. And we got press passes and we don't sweat it. So it's kind of weird no, for us but to we say spent we. a lot of time. I'm, I'm right there with you if you win. We spent <laughs> a lot of time, though, for sure. And in your case, you make a lot of money. There it is. You feel older? No. People, get on our app and wish Sniggy a happy birthday. And let him know what he means to you. Because there's nothing you can buy him that he can't go buy himself. I mean, right, Yach? You know, the size of his television, right? I got to upgrade. I got to get on that. He has a, a big TV. I that's a, a fact. One. I need a bigger TV. Well, that's the thing about the rich, man. Whatever they have, they want more, you know? Yeah. That's what I've heard. It's so funny. So <laughs> my son lives on the East Coast, and we went back and saw him over the fall break. Well, he's managing some of your properties. No. And so, <laughs> and for whatever reason, I don't know, he comes up, that TV's just too big for that room. <laughs> it's 55 inches. He wants a little 25 Stay away from him. Yeah, 
well, good. I, mean, I thought that was awesome. I thought, boy, if only PK would go over to the other side. If only PK could be here and hear this, boy, he can get a laugh out of this. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Very serious about his, his health and his and his body. Every player should be that way. They really should be. They should take care of their body. Uh, he didn't put any bad stuff in it. I mean, uh, I'm sure he's appalled when he sees me eating. You know, but really, he, he takes it very serious. Everything that he does is about health, recovery, and getting an edge. That's Doc Rivers talking about Kawhi Leonard, who famously took game okay, off. So he's trying to justify taking the game off. That's the load management in he's October. He's trying to support his guy. Absolutely. And then he goes out and has 38 and just lights it up and was dominant. And he got maybe a little axe to grind or something a little extra, whatever it might be, against the Spurs. I get all that. And that's still, I don't know that October load management pays off. I, I, uh, but it happens. It's going to happen. There's really no points. Like, let's complain about BYU's honor code. I mean, it's not going to change. Right. So what's and, the point? And there's no way Doc's going to do anything but defend him because you don't want Kawhi shutting it down for a year and then leaving, which is what he did to San Antonio. Right. So, so and it's politically motivated. Right. And whatever it was in San Antonio, it sure didn't look like much publicly. Maybe there was something big behind the scenes, but I think if it were really big, it would have leaked. And I also think that what he's saying about Leonard the overwhelming majority of these guys are doing themselves. I think they've they've been told and they've got enough support people around them now and they, they end up knowing they feel better. And they're getting vets are telling young guys now, yes, hey, do you want this lifestyle? Yeah. Do you want to play pro ball and this make money. this money? And, is what it is. Yeah. And they get it. I, I, I really think that the number of knuckleheads is in the small minority. Do you think it's dropped over the years? Or do you think it was always in the minority and for a while they just made a really big splash? Because, you know, the old Kevin McHale. Yeah. Uh, what was the axe? Axe murderer by day, NBA player, player by, by night. night. And there's something to be said for that. We, we see it see it at the collegiate level. You're going to, you know, the Jimmy Johnson thing. The backup quarterback's asleep. I cut him in the team meeting. Right. Troy Aikman's asleep. I wake him up. Absolutely. So, Troy, wake up. I mean, obviously, you get... The better you are, the more chances you get. I mean, that's just the way it is. Or if you have influence, whatever it might be. But I, I don't. I still have a problem with it in October. But eh, yeah, Jazz benefit. The great thing about it is the Jazz benefited. Clippers beat the Spurs. That was the Spurs' first loss. They were the last undefeated team in the Western Conference. That's why PK can now say we have moved to the top of the standings as the Clippers take down. Game. Taking down the Spurs. Yes, the Jazz are four and one, and then there's a whole boatload of teams at three and one, including the Spurs and the Lakers and on down the line. You see Mike Malone go after the Nuggets? No, I did not. What did he do? Oh, I was flicking back and forth and watching them against the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and Frank Jackson. Man, there was about a four possession stretch where he. He looked like uh, a combo of Lillard and Curry. He had 21 points in 19 minutes. He's a former Lone Peak High kid and former BYU commit, as PK likes to say. Well, I I also like to say former Lehigh before he transferred for the ring. (laughs) I mean, come on. He's a Lehigh. He's a pioneer through and through. Let's go to your roots. And uh, he looked really good. Okafor, who's been left for dead, uh, had a very nice game. And so Malone, you should read it, he just goes after his guys, man. 
just ripping them. The starters, he took four starters out. They don't want to play. We talk good. Something We're like. a great talk team. Yeah. We can talk before <laughs> the season starts about all the things we want to accomplish, and we want to be a contending team. It's all boldly. He drops the bold feces. Don't tell me about yeah. it. Show me. And right now we got a lot of guys that aren't showing me much. Right. Strong. Yep, he went after him really hard. So are they going to respond or are they going to throw him overboard with a bunch of half-hearted efforts here? Pelicans won that game 122-107, and that is the Pelicans' first win. Kind of in a king situation with the Jazz. That's a team we think of as one of the better teams in the West, and they go in against a team that hasn't got a win. And in this case, Denver Denver yeah. gets, gets a fat lip. And a loss, and not much else. In favor sat out with knee soreness, although we I, really, really love him. Again. Great, great yeah. guy. Great, tremendous individual. Derek Favors. <laughs> One of the guys getting uh, the second chances you were talking about. A uh, former Illinois guy who had to transfer to Oakland after Illinois kicked him off the team. Had some criminal charges, assault case. Kendrick Nunn. Finding his way into the NBA and scoring 28 points for Miami as they beat Atlanta 106-97. That's a big game. <laughs> All right. You want a big game tonight? <laughs> Plenty of them. Lakers and Mavs. Doncic and Porzinga. Porzingis. They the real deal? Porzingis. Porzingis. It's not Porzinga. Porzinga? And the Spurs going back to back. Get what's left of the Warriors. They all be focused on the Jazz tonight. For sure. DJ PK. Hashtag Utah. Typically, there's some new wrinkles that haven't shown up in uh, the earlier games. Also, it's a good time for specials, you know, a trick place type of things. You, know, you get extra time to do that. And now, Coach Peterson, you know, he's a master at that anyway, the, the, the specials. And, and so you've always got to be ready for anything, I guess you could say. I mean, he's, he's, they do a great job with that. And so, but uh, yeah, there's going to be things we're certain of that will show up on Saturday that uh, have not shown up previously. Kyle Whittingham trying to prepare for everything. Chris Peterson has a bye week, PK, to trick it up, to get Washington ready. No, get him healthy, fine-tune it. That's why I asked Kyle that question. Probably be some stuff. Peterson has been known for that, but going back to his days at Boise, that's a huge game. They're getting great publicity. You know, the whole uh, advertising during the NFL game last night. It was all about the Pac-12 with the two big games on Fox Saturday afternoon and then followed by that, SC and Oregon. Security guard downstairs, he's nervous. Big U fan. <laughs> Wanted to know what I thought this morning coming through. What'd you tell him? He tell said, him the truth said, or you yank his chain? Look at my bag and let me go on my way. Uh, I said, well, I no. I, depending on who their preference, yeah. I always align it to the positive because that's what they want to hear. You could have just given him the old PK attitude. If you want to know, why don't you listen to the show and no, just start said, jabbing no, him I in the chest? I think you got a good chance. You know, blah, 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 blah. And, and if I run into a Cougar fan out on the street and they ask me, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever their alignment is, that's the way I go. You taught me. See, that increased my popularity. There it is. Remember when Ryan Hatch years ago said, we got to get you more popular. I said, Ryan, good luck, buddy. That's going to be tough. He left the market rather than try to accomplish that task. But here we are all these years later, and I'm so freaking loved. Yeah. And people want you to sing. It's, it's really weird. They do? We should put a poll. We do. Yeah, I thought those polls are biased, though, because we usually do them after you've been singing, and the people who don't want you singing have already pushed the button and don't know there's a poll to vote in. 
biased. Yeah, get over it. Typical Democrat, they lose the election, and then they have to try. What are you going to try to do, get me fired now like your people are doing to my guy? I'm going to sue yeah. you. I know what it is. I know what that's about. You lose the election, and you want to change the Electoral College. You want to change Domino College. There was some hanging chats. You want to change Grand Canyon College. You want to change everything because you lost. Get the freak over it. There are hanging chats, and I am taking this to the supreme of all the courts. You lost. It's the way it go. What are you thinking? You got the Utes? I'm thinking that he's going to get reelected. That's what I'm thinking. Focus. Five more years. The Utes. I got him in a close one. It's probably a little bit. Uh, I got some like bias Vegas. here, wanting them to win so they can. We can have an exciting November and maybe uh, Pasadena. Company pays for you to go to sunny Southern California right around the first of the year. Yeah, I was thinking about this this morning, driving into work, and in a few hours I'm going to be leaving to go to Seattle. I'm. This is awesome, man. I'd be watching this game if I was 85 years old. I'd be interested in this game as a Pac-10, 12 guy. Absolutely. And here I get to go and get paid to do it and sit there in press box. This is a lot of fun. 54 and partly cloudy. You and the Utes are hitting it just right. It could be much worse in Seattle. I've been there when and it's much worse. And you get a day game, 2 o'clock kick, 1 o'clock there, 2 o'clock here. Nice. 8 o'clock rock. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. I just want the wheel back. That's all. That <laughs> I mean, this is, I, I have tons of respect for Utah State and their fans and just looking forward to the competition, you know, and, and I know that they'll be ready and Utah State will give us their best shot. That happens in, in, in these these rival, rivalry games. And like I said, my job is to make sure that they get ours in, in return. So tons of respect. Wish them all the best of luck except for this week. Skalani Sataki on facing Utah State Aggies, a three-point favorite in the battle for the old wagon wheel. Two teams that have been inconsistent. Who's going to come out with the right mindset, PK? Attention to detail in BYU's case, stop the run, which has been an issue at times. For Utah State, run the ball consistently, which has been an issue at times. I have no respect for Utah State. None? Is that because of Scott or because of Riley? Both. Okay. I'm Gary. Scott, Riley, and Gary, your three least favorite people. The wagon wheel. I always think of Darius Rucker. Hey, mama, rock me. They should play that tune. And whoever wins it, have that tune. Have that in that sideline gal who was there at the Potato Bowl. We want to thank the BYU Tigers. Congratulate the BYU Tigers. Tigers? It's a big game, man. Cat family. I mean, I don't care if it doesn't mean anything to anybody else out there outside of our state, but it's a big game here. I'm excited for it. Plan to be in front of a television at 7.30 Pacific time to watch that ball game. Winner sets themselves up with a decent shot at an eight-win season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loser? <laughs> Utah State, four and four, or BYU would be three and five with a loss. It'll be a a battle to get to bowl eligible for the team that loses this one. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Here comes the motion they didn't get. That's from Murray. Wirtz still having Got the football. It. Browns walk down the middle. Wirtz is wide open. Splitting the hashes 40. 35 to the 30. Does he have enough? 20, 15, 10, 5. He's got six. Wings up, Eagle Nation. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. You can hear the yelling. 
right from the booth next door. Georgia Southern defeats number 20 Appalachian State 24-21. For the first time in a dozen years, they have scaled the mountain and they have planted that GS flag. <laughs> One of the nine unbeatens in college football falls Thursday night. App State undefeated in the Sun Belt. Apparently lost to Georgia Southern. You might have gathered that listening to that. I have never been that passionate about a sporting event, ever. Never in my whole life. But good for them. One of the undefeated survived. Baylor, that was a close call. Never trailed in the game, but tied at 7, tied at 14, and kicked a field goal, and then blocked slash deflected a field goal. Right at the end with about three minutes to go and holds on to win 17-14. So Baylor, the last undefeated in the Big 12. Although they still have to play Oklahoma and they still have the Big 12 title game to negotiate. All right, big games this weekend. Georgia and Florida in the SEC East. Winner of that game, number six versus number eight, probably end up showing up in the SEC title game with a chance to upset a Bama or an LSU, whoever wins that game. They're, They're playing a week from Saturday. They are, yeah. And Oregon and USC, 6 o'clock on Fox, right after the Utes play at 2 o'clock on Fox against Washington. Seventh-ranked Oregon. Clearly the biggest hurdle left on SC's schedule. Uh On paper, this is the one. It's college football and the Pac-12's wacky, so you never know. But on paper, this is obviously the one for Ute fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. If the Chargers win this one, if I'm a Ute fan, I get a little nervous. I'm confident now that you're going to finish first place. But if SC gets this win, then it's not much of a stretch to assume that they win the following three. Which is uh, UC Los Angeles, Cal, and ASU. At ASU, at Cal, and then home to the Bruins. Yeah. And all all you people then who hate that cheap shot and dirty team of the Devils. We're going to root for them like there's no tomorrow. Come on, Devils. Forks up. That's the beauty of a conference. Is the people you hate one week and you need them the next week. Absolutely. That's what makes it fun. I get that. There is something for college kids about negotiating back-to-back road games. Only the best teams tend to do that. Maybe SC's getting it together here over the course of the season. They've certainly been through a lot. Plenty of distractions. Plenty of quarterback shuffling. Lots of injuries there. And so far, Washington. That's the one Pac-12 game they've messed up. They almost messed up at Colorado last week. I've been fortunate in that I've never had to root for the U of A. There's never been a situation where... Because I always play at the end of the year. Right, so you're playing them, so you got to win. you got to take care of your business, so yeah. they can't really help you at the and end. And they're the only team you. that I really despise. Have you had to root for USC to help you at the end of the year? I, yeah, I don't really despise SC the way... Uh, you despise a, U of A. Especially now that I'm not working there. Yeah. When I was working there... And when you were working in LA and the SC fans are in your yeah. face. But now... And now. there's a lot of... You know, a lot of private schools... The the students just disperse. I think it's Stanford. Students just disperse. But the USC people definitely settle in L.A. I guess the way yeah. BYU people settle here on the Wasatch Front. But a lot of private schools, the military academies, they go all over the place. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Third down in 349ers. Kittle going to run the end cut on Baker. Baker stumbled. Kittle made the catch. Kittle in the secondary 10. Runs over a man. Touchdown. San Francisco! 
What can you say about George Kittle and his toughness and his mindset? That is unbelievable. Garoppolo looking for Sanders. They take it away. He lobs one down the sideline of the end zone. It is caught for a touchdown by Dante Pettis. Touchdown, San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo throws four touchdown passes. And what can you say about that first one? I know what Twitter said. A lot of people on Twitter thought that was gronkish. Running away from guys, and when you can't run away from the last one, you just run him over. The defense that had been so good, uh, really not so good in this one. Gave up 150 yards rushing and gave up a big play when it looked like they had the game one. They gave up a long touchdown pass. They've been giving up just 11 points a game, but the offense comes through. The Niners stay undefeated with a 28-25 win over Arizona. Sweet for them. Broke my heart. Been a Cardinal fan my whole life. Kyler Murray showing you something, though. They moved the ball a little bit against one of the NFL's better defenses. Yeah, he's often short, but, uh, yeah, I think there's something there. Something more than they've had since Kurt Warner. The most that they've had since Kurt Warner. And Kurt Warner got him some playoff wins and obviously got him to the Super Bowl. I mean, they got a whole lot of stuff they got to build around him, but, yeah, I think there's something there. All right, NFL football Sunday morning. It starts early. If you want to get up and watch football at like 7.30 or 8 in the morning, you can try that game from London, Houston, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville pretty routinely playing a London game these days, down to seven home games. Not really drawn all that well, so they usually send them over there. Minnesota, Kansas City. That's not a bad game right there. What up, Mahomes? Supposed to be back? You know, I think he's going to play. So, we'll see. Uh, New England and Baltimore. A good test here for the undefeated Patriots playing a a division leader here. Baltimore is putting a nice season together. It's not a great division, but they're winning it. They're 5-2 right now. That's not bad. Only team in the AFC that has a better record is the Patriots. Uh, They're tied for the second best record with the Colts. Keep your eye on that one. A couple of games right there. Oh, yeah. The left eye will be all over it. The left eye? Mm Mm-hmm. Should I ask? The right eye? No, left eye. Left eye lopes, man. What is trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Riley Nelson, our BYU football radio analyst. Former Aggie quarterback, former BYU quarterback. Uh, divided loyalties are not here this week. We'll talk to him about the battle for the old wagon wheel next. Stay with us. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Donovan Mitchell talked about how Rudy lost. Is this about as focused as any team you've had a chance to be around? Not as focused as a French national team, but... Ah, you lost! That sounded like you in what? the background. <laughs> you lost! That is you! It was not me! Okay, play it again, and then Tony, you do it again. Ah, you lost! It's you. And you're trying to pass it off as Donovan. Uh, uh, you're trying to place a chasm between the two cornerstone pieces of the Utah Jazz. And you, like, point at Donovan, who was him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so far down there, Rudy's like, who said that? <laughs> like, and they looked at me, and I was just like, pointing at Donovan. Guy, guy in the towel. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time now to talk about BYU and Utah State, the big game in Logan Saturday night, with Riley Nelson. 
He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lisa Hansen, get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Riley, you played for Utah State, then you transferred and played for BYU. Is this a game you just like to get over? Does this get a little awkward around the uh, the old family? Uh, no, uh, it actually has gotten more fun these recent years, and it's gotten more competitive. Really, the last decade, as you look at it, and it's swung back and forth, and the games have been more competitive. Definitely more so than when I was a young kid growing up in Logan and. We didn't. I, we only went down to Provo maybe once or twice. There wasn't really much of a point in the late '90s, early 2000s uh, to do that because you'd go watch your Aggies get whooped on and and uh, have your heart broken. And every once, you know, I think there were one or two games up in then Romney Stadium before it was Maverick Stadium that that were competitive, but. Uh, but still, you didn't have much hope as an Aggie fan. But now, no matter what side you're on, you can expect a, a hotly contested, highly competitive matchup. And I think tomorrow will be no different. So with that in mind, from the BYU perspective, I think we saw a different offense, even more different than any of the games that they had won before, including Tennessee and SC. So I'm expecting them, no matter, I think it's going to be Hall. No one has told me that as far as the quarterback. I'm not breaking any news here, but that's just my own opinion. It doesn't really matter to me who the quarterback is. I'm expecting the same type of offense, which puts them in a position to score. And I think it was a little bit of a surprise for us as we were watching it against Boise. But I don't think it would be a surprise tomorrow. In fact, I'd be disappointed if I didn't see it of the same level of consistency. How about you? Totally, PK. I get, you know, I've been asked that question. I can imagine how many times you've been asked it, and I've been asked it just as many. And I, I look back and I'm like, well, it's hard to say because if, you know, Jared Hall is playing in the same offense that came out against Boise and the creativity and the play calling, setting up plays, the time, you know, the aggressiveness, the risk taking, and all those things, if Jared Hall's playing in that offense against South Florida, does does the production look the same? And, you know, let alone Zach Wilson. Now, the caveat with Zach Wilson, with the, with the exception of Toledo, you know, those first four games, it's, it's just different athletes than, you know, these last ones have been, different caliber uh, of athletes. And um, But you, you, you still think that they had this kind of inventiveness and, and were that, and were that um, aggressive as they were against Boise, what, what would it have looked like under those two quarterbacks? And uh, now I do want to give Baylor Romney credit. And if, if he does, if he is the guy coming out, he was decisive. He was on time and he took advantage of, of the opportunity that he had. W- one more thing about that offense. Well, in general concept or, or the approach to the offense, I, I hope and expect to see the same. They are going to get, I believe, they'll see a different defense in the side against Boise. Boise was, you know, playing three axis corners. It allowed them to kind of have some easy completions, allow Baylor to get it, um, allow Baylor to get into a rhythm on um, on the outside and on the inside. They were playing really aggressive in the box. Once the only three now kind of pop that run for a touchdown, that 40 plus yarder for a touchdown. The safeties were playing tighter, which allowed them, you know, Matt Bushman to sneak out on a couple of play actions because the safeties were biting so hard on the run, and that wasn't happening in previous games. I think. Utah State is going to go back to what BYU saw in the first four games and quite honestly struggled with, where they're going to play some some tight, aggressive man and then, you know, allow their linebacking core like Woodward, you know, head, head up by David Woodward, who's, a, who's an incredibly good player and, 
in the running for Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year to uh, be able to handle the run. Now, when they do play aggressive man on the outside or, or on those receivers, while BYU struggled to create separation and get open early in the season, they will have the size advantage against the Utah State DBs. Maybe not a quickness and speed advantage, but it would be interesting to see how BYU manages that. Do you think Utah State's going to be able to run the ball against BYU? Yeah, they've definitely had struggles with that, haven't they? You know, last week, Air Force is an anomaly. So as much as – now the three and outs actually were happening, obviously happening against LSU, but there's another one because I don't think anybody thinks BYU's defense is on caliber with LSU's defense. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, we can do what they did to them. But if you go back three weeks and you look at the Colorado State game uh, – they had their struggles, you know. Jordan Jordan Love threw multiple picks, and they were and they lost the time of possession battle significantly in, in that game too. But I think in order for Utah State to survive, they're going to need to do that. That was the difference last. Well, one of the many differences. Um, Utah State had different personnel with Darwin Thompson and Jalen Green and Ronquavia Tarver, who are now all guys. Jalen and Darwin are both on NFL rosters. Jalen for the Rams, Darwin for the Chiefs, and. Ron Quaven Tarver, I think, is hanging out on is, is hanging on in the practice squad. But they had, you know, three NFL or fringe NFL talent guys um, down there in Provo, Utah State did down in Provo last year. But what allowed that to work was they came out and were averaging six yards a carry in the first half. And so you you take that basis or that foundation, you add onto it that they were going at a breakneck tempo last year, and the fact that they had two very talented wide receivers on the outside with some compliments. Um, but but it all started with that run game. If they hope to have similar success that they had in the Bell Edwards Stadium last year in 2018, this year in 2019, it, it's absolutely vital that they establish the run with Jamal Moore and Gerald Bryant. It is going to be hard, though, because those backs are, you know, they're, they're kind of small dudes, and BYU showed that they put more guys in the box. They committed more people. Um, against Boise, and I don't expect the defense from the way that they approach the run, just like I don't expect the offense approach to change, I don't expect the defense approach to change either, either which is making life hard on people in that foundational aspect of the game, which is the run game. So you already mentioned Bushman, and that was going to be my next question. As far as him, was it a situation in the last game against Boise of the offense just being opportunistic, or was it specifically targeting him? I'd say it's 60-40. I'd say 60 was opportunistic just because they found themselves, you know, the fourth and the one on the fake, and then after the quick change, they had the double reverse leaf flicker. But you've got to realize he had seven catches, and those were only two of them. The other five were just within the uh, base offense, you know, getting to him in the quick and intermediate passing game. And just like I said, Utah State has to get the run game going with Warren and Bright. BYU also has to continue to establish it with, you know, hopefully the Supa's feeling better in his back, the Katoa, Finau, and Supa. But in the pass game, probably no one's more important to get it going in the pass game than Matt Bushman. Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You think the the Cougars have a new kind of sense of uh, confidence off that Boise State win. Does that erase everything that came before it? Or the fact they've been outscored 42 to nothing in the last three fourth quarters, is that kind of looming out there as a deflating thing at the end of the game? And, you know, you're in wait-and-see mode. Yeah, I hope they – 
when you say erase everything before, I sure hope not, because I think um, it, be, sitting at two and four and back-to-back losses against Toledo and South Florida, which are programs that you that everybody well, they, you know, they played good football games. Everybody thinks you should beat them, right? Going into those games, and you didn't. You came out two and four, and I think that was a low point. So I don't think you erase your full confidence now. I, th- I I would hope the approach is more of a continue to build confidence. There's still that. That uh, you know, I don't know if desperation for the right word, but there's still that intense motivation to want to come out and prove yourself. And, and they cannot, they cannot think that all is well, because first of all, the, the fact of the matter is they're only sitting at three and four, and um, and if they, and hopefully they realize that if they are feeling themselves and think that oh everything's better and we're we're on a roll and take it for granted. They, they, it would do them well to remember Utah State is sitting, c- coming into this game, exactly where they were sitting going into the Boise game, which is they suffer a, a loss that they feel like they shouldn't have lost on the road, pretty devastating, where they, you know, it was pretty embarrassing. They did, Granted, it was in different fashion. Utah State, you know, gets just run over, 14 minutes time of possession, uh, 75% of their drives ended in three and outs. And Utah and BYU's was a little bit different in that they had a lead going a lead going into the fourth quarter for the second straight game, and they let it slip away. So, where you know they got USU kind of got the stranglehold put on them. BYU let you know two straight wins slip away, and what and that enabled BYU to come into the Boise game and do the unexpected, which was beat a ranked Boise team on their home on their home field. Well, Utah State I think is in a very similar mental state where. Um, they they got to turn their season around. They they've already jeopardized their chances at a you know at a Mountain Division title and a Mountain West title. And I don't know how much you know the rivalry means to everyone, including the Aggies in this. And to establish you know three straight wins, which is something basically in the modern era is, is unprecedented. And you know that would make three out of five, and or sorry, four, that would make four out of six, and just really be an unprecedented kind of place for the Aggies in the rivalry, they are going to come out. BYU is going to get their best shot. So I hope it's a it's a quiet confidence and a confidence that's motivating rather than one that says, oh, we're good, we're back to where we thought we would be, and they come in maybe overlooking the Aggies a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think that word desperation is appropriate because you just felt it. If you felt something you can't really feel, either at the stadium last week, two weeks ago, or uh, on TV. And so I think the desperation aspect came from the coach's point of view, and it was transferred to the players. And so they know they shook up some stuff, and that's been documented, and they don't like to really talk about it, but nevertheless, it's true. And I think this week, and I want to see what you think about it, I think this game now – the coaches had the desperation two weeks ago that they transferred to the players. Now the players have to find a way to capture that, irrespective of the coaches. It's up to the players from the second they walk out or run out out of that stadium when it's time to get ready for the pregame warm-ups. They've got to feel the level of desperation. It has to come from the players this time. I agree. And um, part of the, one of the reasons why I think that is so vital is because now it's on the road. When you're when you're at home and you're kind of drawing that energy from the coaches, you're also drawing it. You're not in a hostile environment, which it will be tomorrow. So you're kind of drawing some positive energy for the fans. You know, as a player, you like to look up there and credit, you know, BYU's student section, despite the nasty weather and the freezing cold and all that. It was it was fairly decent. I mean, 
it was better than I think most of us expected for a two and four team playing an eight thirty game in you know sub forty degree temperatures and when it's it's raining and nasty weather. So as a player, you can kind of feed off that. If you don't if you don't bring it as a player, you can kind of catch that fire because it's coming from ex- from the external forces. Well, if you now walk into a hostile environment up in Maverick Stadium against the team that you know is backed into a corner and against fans who hate your guts. You cannot rely on an external force, and really the only person you got there are the coaches. So you cannot rely on the coaches to help light that fire for you. You have to bring it of your own accord if you have any choice. So I, I agree with you, PK. It's the players' turn, turn and and the leadership on that team uh, to bring it this Saturday. Because if they don't, uh, it you know it's, it's probably not going to be enough. Well, you got to pick for us here at the end, or you're calling the game, and you really don't want any part of that. Yeah, I, you know, the Vegas line at three and a half. Um, the, the over/under is at 48, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it's a little low. I do feel like Utah State's going to do things to simplify stuff for Jordan Love. There, there's just too much pressure on that dude. Every third down, and and every time the camera goes on, and I know, you know, he probably doesn't watch the TV copies, but we all do. And, they mentioned how he's got you know, he's being projected high in the NFL draft all those things, and I can just I can kind of see it in his face. He's just carrying it. So it, I got to imagine the coaches. You know, Gary is is sensitive to that, and the other players on his staff are. They're players, guys, and so they're going to do everything they can to reduce the pressure on Jordan Love, who really I, we talked about the running backs earlier, but I think he, in that high tempo offense, and as we saw last year, he's the guy that makes that in, makes that engine go. So I got to believe they're going to change things up. To, to relieve the pressure on him, and we're going to see a different performance out of Jordan Love than we've seen the last three weeks. Probably one, you know, more similar. If I'm BYU, I'm prepping my guys to see the Jordan Love from Wake Forest earlier this year. You know, who came out and picked up where he left off. Uh, so I got to expect that's going to happen from from Utah State's side. I I do believe. I think there was a, a transformational shift and BYU's attitude and approach and some of those, you know, PK, the changes that were made that have not been publicly announced but we, we all know were made. I think those were good changes and I think those are momentum-building changes. So I actually, you know, I like the three-and-a-half line. It, essentially, Vegas has it a pick game, right? Because normally they get three points for the home field advantage. So, uh, you know, I think it's a pick game. I, I, don't, I don't have a score or something for you. I think it will be a an extremely competitive game that's going to come down to the fourth quarter and who can make a play. And that's, when I say that, I know, you know, I see that recognizing that the last time BYU was able to deliver in that kind of a situation was against USC. And even there, it took a heroic effort to pick them off, you know, to, to, to tip a pick. And they were kind of holding on, and it was USC's mistake that, that swung the game over for them. And in recent history, They've, you know, they haven't performed well in the fourth quarter. So it's going to be an opportunity. We're going to see. Will BYU find new life um, just like they did against Boise? But but build on what they did against Boise and finish strong in the fourth quarter rather than let it slide. And will we see the old Jordan Love? If we do that, it's going to come down to one or two plays in the fourth quarter in whichever way the ball bounces. Well, either way, down to Angie's for a post-game meal. That's, what I, that's all my only advice. I'll leave all the football stuff to you. Two in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. It's going to be a late game, but Angie's always open. I just cleaning the sink that much dairy at two or three in the morning is probably a little bit too much. <laughs> stick with the good old hearty home cook. There you, you know, go. All right. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, guys.
Riley Nelson, BYU Football Radio Analyst. We are talking Utes in Washington with Kyle Gunther, the former Utah offensive lineman, in 15 minutes. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles. Fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. So what do you think Honey's going to get you for your birthday? Don't know. When you go home later on this morning, what do you think she's going to be wearing? I'm actually going to meet her later this morning (laughs) at a restaurant for lunch. Oh, sweet. I like it. I will not be home later this morning. I have a couple things to do before I go to lunch after radio. Oh, okay. That's good. Check in in a hotel. That's even better. Keep them coming, PK. Spice of life, man. <laughs> after all these years, she still looks at you. Hard to believe, I know. Thanks, man. He's then got she it. looks away. He's got it going on. <laughs> November's a big month for birthdays. We got you today, and yeah. get on our app and just tell DJ how much you appreciate him because he's meant a lot to us. I mean, we've been doing this show a long time, but you've been you did it like fifteen years before me. Not fifteen. Twenty-seven. You've been doing it since about four, the, the late eighties. About four years before you. I mean, geez. Whittingham turned sixty this month. Really, the big six yeah. zero. Yeah. Scotty G's birthday's in a couple of days. You had a kid, Scotty G. Yeah. I think Scotty's wife turns 23 later this month. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Shots fired. We don't want this. By we, do <laughs> you mean you, you and me? You and me, DJ. You, PK, whatever. We won't get a meeting over this. Well, and PK's getting on a plane. He's going to Seattle. I got to work, man. Yep. Uh, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> got a plane to catch. Yeah. I can't meet today, man. I got I to gotta go. I this is a hit and run time for PK. Can't miss the flight. Hit Scotty and run to the airport. And I'm not doing Southwest this time. So, it, uh, you know, if you change it, it costs more. Got a poll question up. Big game Saturday. Who will win? Utah and Utah State getting 45% of the vote. Utes and Cougars getting 24% of the vote. Washington and BYU at 24%. Nobody really believes in the home teams, though. Washington and Utah State, the home team combo, only getting 6% of the vote. Aggies are three-point favorites. Washington, three-point underdogs. Yeah, I don't think that venue is going to determine the win. Or the loss either way. I think who plays better in both these games. I think for the Utes, this is the biggest game they've had ever since they've been in the Pac-12. Bigger than Oregon? Because we knew that was a hurdle to get to the Pac-12 title game last year. Right. But that was at the end. And they still could have gotten there, if I remember correctly. And But here, this November curse thing that has been plaguing them, and I know they came through last year, but the first game in November, they got destroyed by the Devils last year. So it's the same, very same weekend, 
And uh, they, they were fortunate. They won the division because they weren't as mediocre as everybody else. But six and three isn't right. Isn't awesome, right? And the second, it's actually two kind of teams the, went to bowl games yeah, last year. Six and three is kind of the the worst record you can have and still end up in a in the Pac-12 title game. Right, and plus you only had two of the six boils, well, and only take six wins, and half of them play three cupcakes. There have been a lot of 7-2 and two teams there. The 8-1, and one, that's when you really start to stand up and notice. And nobody really runs the table and goes 9-0 and in the Pac-12. It just doesn't happen very often. No, 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 no. There's yeah. always one out there. That's extremely special if you get to that, yeah. But 8-1 but and one is very good. I mean, let's not uh, discount 8-1. and one. So I just think that they can just silence... Once and for all, this November slide a little bit and really just put it to bed because you're playing what appears to be the toughest of the four remaining games, and it's on the road. Just like it was last year, the, cir- the circumstances are exactly the same. You're going on the road, you're playing a halfway decent team, and you got crushed last year. That is. What do you do right. this year? Yeah. This is the ASU game. Yes. Essentially. Right, exactly. All right, well, vote. Go to Twitter, at David DJ James. Big game Saturday. Who will win? What's the combo for the Utah-Washington-BYU-Utah State showdowns? Which two teams are going to prevail? Right now, 45% of the people are saying Utes and Aggies. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're talking Utes next with Kyle Gunther.